true spirit of this podcast, and that is to think about helping someone else meet their desire. Find out what someone around you or close to you desires and see if you can help them achieve that because I think that would be a nice thing to do. Welcome to Think, Act, Get with James Shramko and Ezra Firestone. What you think determines how you act, which results in what you get. So join in now as we discuss how you can think differently, act faster and get high performance results in your business. Hi there, listener. Welcome back to another episode of Think, Act, Get. Ezra Firestone here with my partner, as always, James Shramko. James, how are you, man? Going well, thank you, Ezra. I'm in the land of fast internet, uh, external keyboards, and large monitors. I'm back home. (laughs) You know, uh, you should tell us a little bit about where you went. I went to Thailand, and I stayed mostly in Bangkok. I was speaking at an event, which was a very heavy podcasting community. A lot of them listen to this show, actually. So, big shout out to Tropical MBA and the Dynamite Circle, where uh, the there was a podcasting panel, so I represented our podcast there as well as the other one that I'm involved with, Freedom Ocean. And there were some great people there, just like really good switched on community. And I was talking about seven-figure mindset. What ta- what's the difference between being a solopreneur and having that sort of five or six-figure income versus you know the steps that you have to put in place to go to seven or eight or nine figures? It's going to be a different type of business at seven figures than it is six. So there's a lot of talk about podcasting. There were so many people in the e-commerce world there. That's why I suggested that you get involved with that community because every single person I sat down with, they're like, oh, I've got this e-commerce store. I'm like, oh, you should speak to Ezra Firestone. You know what's funny is I signed up and then I quit. So I signed up for Dynamite Circle and then I dropped out because I realized that like before I even got filled out a profile, I, I'm a part of like 15 communities that I don't participate in as they are. So I didn't want to join that one until I'm really ready to be in there and participate, which I think is probably a month or two from now because I'm in harvest mode like we just talked about. Now, you want to explain what harvest mode is real quick? Yeah, just like back to the old farming thing. As entrepreneurs, we tend to get really tied up in stuff. So if we want to have our business grow, we got to go out and plant seeds. And then as the seeds mature and, and we water the crops and keep the, the birds away, they they get ready to harvest. And we go out with the harvester and we're harvesting. So when we're sitting on that harvester pulling up the, the crop, we're not out planting seeds. So that's the time when we're realizing all that hard work where it's come to fruition, where we're taking sales, we're actually getting the order, we are delivering and fulfilling it's just important to remember at some point you're going to have to park the harvester or pay someone else to drive it and then get back out and plant some seeds. So for me, that's, that's right. going, going overseas, going to events, being on other people's podcasts, creating content like these episodes, that's seed planting. And a classic case where we had a week or two of missing our episodes and our uh, traffic to our site <laughs> halved. It's halved. Like, yeah. So we were out there on the harvester. You know, collecting, and we left this field a little bit bare. We didn't plant the seeds, so uh, we're paying the price for that. And so we're back on. We've got a regular sort of uh, routine, and I'm sure that we'll be back up and running really quick. But the reason we know that, and where a lot of other business owners probably don't, is we track this stuff. We've got a, I've got a dashboard, and it shows me, 
what the last 30 days visits to the site are and it's pulling in analytics and it's showing me this like this red figure that's not good and I'm like okay this is a sign we've got to get out there and plant some seeds again so that's the planting seeds that's watching your business metrics that's why you're not biting off more than you can chew if you're going to juggle a lot of balls you will drop some so don't even pick the ball up unless you're ready to juggle that's right. That's right. I'm being deliberate about it. When I'm ready to juggle that ball, I'll pick it up, and that's going to be a couple months from now. So much love to the folks in the D.C., and I look forward to connecting with you guys at some point in the future. Now, it's funny that you talk about your talk at, at uh, that event because our episode today kind of ties right into that. The episode is on desire. Now, desire is what makes the world go round. It's like an infinite loop. Things are desired, and then that desire is fulfilled, and it's how you grow. What people really want is to be able to continually desire and then meet that desire and then desire again and then meet that desire and so on and so forth. It's like a figure eight. Now, that's what you want in a relationship. It's what you want in your life. And it's what's, what's really fulfilling is the cycle of desire and fulfillment, not just fulfillment. You know, in the uh, fulfillment and accomplishment are what get credit in history. You only hear about one half of history. It's the half of completion, of, of fulfillment. You don't hear about the desire that, was, that came before that and who desired that thing. So desire, what is it? How are you using it? And how is it affecting your business and your life? That's what we're looking at in this episode of Think, Act, Get. Wow, it's such an interesting topic. I'm so aware of the desire part that I consciously sit down and ask myself, what do I want? And then I ask, why do I want that? And I question all my assumptions because I know that I have the capacity to get what I want almost all the time. If I look at my environment around me, the things that I have, the things that I've achieved, it's always started with that desire. And so I'm so conscious of it that I'm able to now think, well, what do I actually desire? Because I know I can get it. I just have to decide what I want in the first place. And maybe a lot of people are skipping that step altogether. I mean, they, they're, well, you'll, you'll hear when I go on my run, I've been thinking about this with Carrie and she is responsible, as you know, for a lot of the content on this podcast because we talk about these things back and forth. Now, I'm going to go into my, my, my spiel on it, okay? Yeah, go for it. Okay, cool. And then we'll get back to what you were saying because it ties right back into what I was hoping you would talk about. So part of the fun in desiring something is the desiring itself, right? Not just the fulfillment of that desire. So it's an, a fun experience to want things. And sometimes our desire for things is greater f than our desire for having that thing fulfilled. So sometimes our desire for things is greater than our desire to have that thing fulfilled. So it's like I said in the intro, what's really fulfilling is the, is the cycle of desire and fulfillment, not just the fulfillment itself. It's why some people with money are never happy because they, they, they think that they'll find happiness in the getting of something and having gotten something. But it's like, if only I, if I, if only I had this house, if only I had this car, but they're going to continue to desire things. And if they're victimized by that, then what they're really, they're just really being victimized by a problem that they're causing. Because the point of life is, it, 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 the point here is that motion is fulfilling, not consumption. Now, the cool part of this is that you can turn that desire towards anything you like. So if you have your attention on something, your desire in that area will grow. If you have your attention on cars, even if you haven't given, even if you haven't cared about them at all in your life, 
learning about them and having your focus on them will have you desire in that area. And it will have you be able to create fulfillment in that area because with desire comes the energy for fulfillment. With desire comes the ability to fulfill on that desire. So if you turn your attention to your business, you'll find that you have desires there. And that desire will then create the drive to get things done. And then you'll have new desires. Now, the same, the same thing happens in your life with your partner, you'll find things to do together and things to discover about each other. And if you're aware of that, that's, that, of that, that cycle is a good thing, then you can use it to grow your relationship and build your intimacy. So it's important not to get tripped up on your partner's desire for something because if they desire something for you, uh, from you, that's an opportunity for you. It doesn't mean that you're lacking in some area. It actually means that you're doing something right because it's giving you an opportunity to play with your partner, an opportunity to grow with them and learn about something that they want and fulfill on that. Okay, so you might have to explain that. You've just laid out about 20 points there. Um, I did. I kind of went crazy on it. But you we did. Can start. You went nuts. It's good. I made a couple of notes then. One thing that I just thought about, you're talking about this pattern where the rich person won't get what they want even though they think they want. There must be an element to that where it's okay to be happy with what you already have. Oh my God. It's like, it's like what the old rabbi said, right? It's a far, far better skill to have the ability to enjoy what you have than to have the ability to get what you want. I, I went through this when I was overseas. I, uh, they've got these huge shopping malls. They have like Bentleys and Rolls Royce and uh, Lamborghinis and every kind of stereo system and computers and that. And it was really strange, but I could walk around that shopping mall and really appreciate and admire the beauty of those things. But I didn't feel an overwhelming desire to need to go and buy all these things and to collect and to have more and more and more and more because I actually appreciated that I already have almost all of those things. <laughs> I've got a beautiful car in the driveway. I have a lovely shirt in my wardrobe. I've got nice shoes. I've got an up-to-date computer. Well, you recognize that the value of your life does not come from the objects that you attain. It comes from the experience you have in relationship to whatever objects you have. Well, it was just interesting because I thought, you know, what would buying another pair of really nice shoes achieve for me that I don't already have? And I couldn't really come up with a valid reason, so I, I buy nothing. And when I got home... Because I travel really light, like I travel with carry-on. And when I got home, I actually picked up my, my nice shoes and I, like, I really re-admired them as if they were sitting in the shop and that I would buy them again. And I, it's like I almost got the, the joy and the experience of, the, you know, of desiring it and then able to have it instantly without even having to repurchase it. But I just mentally – and then that. I went down to the garage and I hopped in my car and I love my car. I absolutely love it. I've got a deep attachment to my car because of the it's almost this spiritual journey of flipping sides of the desk from selling them for years to now being able to enjoy them as a customer and to consume but when i put my foot down and i hear that that the four uh, exhaust pipes howling that v8 and the engine screaming under the bonnet it makes me smile i still drive with the window half down that's how you know you love your car right i i enjoyed it as much as the day that i picked it up i don't need to redo that experience to to tap into that enjoyment and fulfillment of it. Does that make sense? It makes total sense. And and it's cool that you have 
I mean, because you have those elements in your life. Now, I'm not anti-new things. I like to get new stuff, but only if it's something that I genuinely want. No, but I was addicted which... to buying new things and to getting new things. So I, I, I recognize those patterns. I still accumulate Kindles on a daily basis, for example. I just I love consuming new stuff. Uh, but don't get me wrong, but I've realized, I don't know, I've sort of come to the point where, well, there's, there's enough shoes in my cupboard. There's enough nice shirts. There's an, I've got one nice car, you know. There's a certain point where having more could create pain and discomfort because I feel like I've got too much or I'm being That's excessive. Right. And, and it's, when it's I was the in- way I feel about the forums. There's too many of them. I can't handle it. I can't navigate. There's just too much for me to do that it drives me a little crazy. So I shut it down and I, I drill down to just one thing. Well, in Thailand, I went to the Reclining Buddha Monument, which is the third largest Buddha in the world. It's huge. It's gold. It's got feet made from seashells. I just sort of throw that in there. But I paid this guy to walk around and tell us everything about Buddhism. Yeah, I think it was three, it was two or three hundred baht. It was like nothing, seven or ten dollars. And I got an education. And he talked about all the stages to enlightenment, but the end one, nirvana, is virtually nothing. It's everything outside this world. It's when there's nothing left, you don't come back, you don't experience the suffering of being on earth. Uh, which and, and apologies to any of the extremely knowledgeable Buddhists that we might have listening. And I'm sure we have plenty on this type of show because I'm probably messing this up big time. However, the whole idea was that you can actually get a lot of joy and satisfaction from not having or needing anything, from just letting go. And, and when there's nothing, that is perfection. I love it. You know, it brings me to the conversation of the dark side of desire. And what the dark side of desire is, is it's desire being perverted into an endless and aimless consumption. And that comes from not feeling that what you want is right. And then you don't express your actual desire and your desire ends up coming out in these perverted or distorted ways that don't actually fulfill you because it's not what you actually want. You know, people don't actually want to eat gallon after gallon of ice cream. Pe- people don't actually want the shit that they're being sold that we should want. What we want is connection and intimacy and relationships. And we want things that are attached to experiences and feeling and connection with other people. Nobody wants a boat to have a boat. They want a boat because it's attached to an experience. They want to share it with their friends to have this emotionally important experience for themselves. But in the lack of being in touch with that and being able to express that, people think they want a boat so that they can be happy or they think that gaining things is a way to provide an outward marker of success in any area, which society, by the way, will give you reality that it is because they want, they'll tell you that that's true because they want to sell you shit, but it actually turns into a shield to hide behind so they don't have to actually be in touch with their actual desire because in that lies vulnerability. And it's much more socially acceptable to say, I want to be rich and have a lot of money than it is to say, I want to feel deeply connected to another person. And that it's a scarier desire to put out there to, be, to being connected to another person because in that, you're risking the vulnerability of not getting that thing. It's, it's not as vulnerable to not get a fancy boat, but at the base of what you want from the fancy boat and what you think you're going to get from the boat is intimacy and connection. But that actually comes from, from acknowledging your real desires and finding them right and sharing them with other people and going for them. Yeah, it all comes down to why. Why do you want this in the first place? It's really important to question that and quite often you can project forward. What is going to be the difference if I have this thing? What will that change? 
for some people, it will be, well, they're going to rack up a big credit card debt or housing loan that they're going to be buried with for the next 10 years, and that's going to cause a lot of pain and suffering that might remove any benefit they get from fulfilling this desire today with an instant gratification. So I think that people actually chase the wrong thing, and that's one of the things that I pointed out in my presentation at Bangkok. It was, if you want a seven-figure business, you will have to take on more responsibility. And that may not be something that everyone desires. They may not want to have staff that they're accountable for. They may not want more customers that they're accountable for. They may not want more investments and resources that will be required to sustain a larger volume business. So before you decide that you desire a seven-figure business, which society tells you is a great thing to have, then make sure you're prepared to pay the price. Well, that's the desire of desiring something being more, more being stronger than the desire to actually fulfill that thing. And it's, it's what you talk to me about all the time, how you see people telling you that they want one thing and then taking actions that clearly deliver something different. And you can project forward. You can actually think, you know, I know now what that means, what it means to have a good sized business is, and I've been experiencing this, like I'm about to head off for my 11th or 12th trip this year and it blows my mind, Ezra. It blows my mind that I can just put my laptop into a backpack, stick my passport in there, which has got a billion stamps, pack a T-shirt, pair of flip-flops, and head off to the airport. I actually now catch a ferry and a train to the airport. I get there in one hour, and I have a beautiful view of Sydney Harbour. It costs like Thank $20. God you're not driving there. It's, it's faster and easier than driving to the airport. Or getting a limo. I used to get a limo, be 180 bucks. Now it's twenty dollars. Attack, and I walk to the ferry. I get a nice coffee. I use my computer on the Wi-Fi. I get a view of Sydney, and then I hop on a train and I'm in the terminal. It's you know that's just it's been great to to even though I can afford it, even though I have cash in the bank, I'm happy to to take that pleasure of doing something that anyone can experience. So that's just a little. Just a little side note there, but the point and is... And I just want to say, I, I was being sarcastic about you. I think I mumbled something under my breath while you were talking that you didn't hear, that the listener will hear, and it was just a, a sarcastic comment Oh, no, I just chose, chose to ignore it. It wasn't a lie. Okay, good. This is um, really what I'm getting at. I have financial and time capacity, but I choose to take a different path than what I used to take because I've questioned why. I actually sometimes used to feel sick in the backseat of the S-Class with the cheap bottled water that the limo company would relabel because I'd use my phone or read or whatever and the motion would, would you know, I'd rather drive than be driven if that makes sense. But I actually really enjoy the ferry ride with the natural sea air. Uh, I like... The train is fascinating. Every person on the train is using a portable device. <laughs> like no one is awake or aware. They're all in the trance. They're probably listening to our podcast. Big shout out if you, uh, if you listen to our podcast sitting beside me on a train. Anyway, the thing is that I think it is amazing that I've got the ability to just travel anywhere, anytime. If I want to, if I want to fly to France today, I could make that happen. Okay. So that's the, upside of having a solid business 
The downside is that I put in so much work to get to this point. My entire life's work, everything that I've learned, everything I've read, all of the confrontations I've had, all of the energy burn discussing people's businesses, you know, there's a lot of miles have gone underneath the belt to get to this point. And for some people, I think it would break them or it wouldn't be worthwhile to, to, to do that for the potential upside that it comes with now. But I do think that a little bit of pain now can give you a little bit of pleasure later on. So that's, that's part of my desire balance. When I think, do I really want this or not? I think, is it worth the price? And then I think, what is the price today? And here's another example. And then I'll ha- hand it back to you because I'm hogging the mic. Yesterday, Get in filled, there, baby. I, I mean, I go on runs well, all the time. Yesterday, so. I filled out paperwork for about three hours straight. It's a, it's a card that you can get if you travel a lot that lets you go past the normal line and you get to use a, a VIP line like the, that the uh, flight attendants use. And it's called an APEC card. But I filled out the paperwork for about three hours. I qualify in every sense of the the spirit of the application because I go overseas for business. I do uh, export marketing for Australia. So I can now bypass the long queues and go straight to through the VIP gate uh, once this card's approved, if it's approved and it's still it's in. But anyway, I sat down for three hours and filled out the 17 pages, you know, passport, photos, validate documents, evidence from passport trips all this sort of stuff so that i can get this special card and i thought that that three hours now is going to save me even the first time i go to la airport it's going to save me an hour and a half because that is so f-ed up you got to wait there for nearly two hours sometimes to get off the plane and through that shitty customs big shout out to my friends at la customs there it's you know so after two trips to la the card will have paid for itself and since i travel at least three or four times a year to the States, then I'll get a payoff in the first year and this card will last for three years. I found out about the card from my from my travel hacking friend, Brent Hodgson, by the way. I want to credit him. I should read that, guys. I've seen his stuff on Facebook yeah. where he's promoting that genius. product. I should, get, I should get that thing. But, you know, it's interesting when we look at um, the uh, going back to the planting metaphor, the investment of the seed. Uh, one little seed that might take you three hours could grow into a hundred foot oak tree that's strong and sturdy and lasts for centuries like it's incredible what can grow out of a little bit of of planting i'm i'm always amazed by what comes from the investment like i put in yes i put in hard work and investment but i feel like i get so much out of it i get so i, I and i know it comes from being deliberate and smart about where and when you invest your time and energy and money but it's just incredible what you can get from that little bit of uh, investment when you put it in Yeah, so I fast-forwarded my desire. When I'm standing that hot, sweaty queue with a bunch of people from all the other planes at once at LAX, would I have wished that I'd filled out that paperwork? And it was a hell yeah. (laughs) Yes, I would have. So I did it. And I can tell you, Ezra, I I really hate filling out paperwork. I, I detest it. I'm actually good at it. I'm accurate. I used to be an accountant, believe it or not. But I hate it so much that I generally avoid it and i'm thinking why have i got this resistance to it i really should just power through it and i did it i did it in one sitting i'm proud of myself for facing that mountain of paperwork because the desire was so strong for the result that it will bring and i decided that the price was worth paying so let's roll in to the weekly willpower wager as said 
by our very, very fond listener, who we are very fond of is what I meant, Carol Amato. Weekly willpower wager. <laughs> I love that. Thank you, Carol. It's so good. So what we want you to do this week is create a want list. And what a want list is, is it's anything that you desire. It could be a thing. It could be an experience. It could be a person. Like it can be little things like a new cutting board or a new microphone. It could be big things like experiences and, you know, uh, events and, and life events. And like maybe you want to get your black belt in judo or whatever it is. And attached to that want list, we'd like you to add the why. So why do you want that thing? So you, and, and, you know, we have one of these on our fridge. Carrie has a want list. Um, I have a want list. And one of my favorite things in the world to do is cross things off Carrie's want list. I love it. And I, I want James to talk a little bit about – he's going to add to this wager. And with it, uh, I think we should talk about your desire to learn to surf, James, and how that played out with you. And then your desire for a new podcast and how that turned into Think I Get. Yeah, so uh, the desire to surf, it was – Right under my nose, I mean, I look out and see surfers every single day. I can see them right now, every day. And I figure that I would potentially regret at some later stage. You know, people come, they say, do you surf? Do you surf? Do you surf? They ask me every time they come and visit. And I've been saying, well, I body surf, but it's kind of a cop-out. And I want to be able to say, yes, I do surf. And I figure that it's one of life's great natural forces to be able to harness the power of a wave with no other thing but a piece of fiberglass or probably in the old days it was it was timber uh, in fact before leg ropes they used to have a lot of injuries from people getting hit by surfboards but when leg ropes came out it reduced dramatically this uh the doctor was telling me this week for that, americans that's leashes leashes is it leash <laughs> well we call it's them leash. leg ropes but I like leg rope better. It's more I went to the I went to the medical center because my ribs are so sore. I had to just check they weren't broken because of the board pounding onto the the front of my rib cage and the cartilage there. I got little capillary bruises there, and he he said I'm fine. I'm gonna live. They're just bruised. The cartilage is bruised. So there is a steep learning curve to surfing. You fall off a lot. You do land on the board occasionally, and the waves thump you. However. I am absolutely prepared to pay the price. I've committed to buying a wetsuit, which I have now. I got a recommendation on the right type of wetsuit to get, uh, which dries really quickly. So that's part of my research is to eliminate the the investment in the wrong things. I've done this a few times when I would start a mountain biking. I've, I'm on my fourth or fifth mountain bike now. One, two, three, four. I'm on my fourth mountain bike. It took me four mountain bikes to get the right bike, and I reckon I've got one more left in me. <laughs> so, I, you know, when you start something new, quite often you'll end up with shitty gear or the wrong thing while you start, and then you get the right thing. So I've borrowed. I can a attest to that with my closet full of camera equipment. Yeah, I have the same man. I got so much shit; it's ridiculous. So I try oh, now. I now I ask experts, and I get help. So our friend uh, Mark has given me a surfboard to practice on so that by the time I can stand up and get good, I can buy the right surfboard for me directly from him. And and if you'd like to surf with us, I will be in Sydney staying on Manly. I've just put in a bid on a few apartments there. March 2nd to March 25th, Shrammels is on Manly as well. We can have a, a Think Act Get Surf session one morning. Yeah, absolutely. We'll definitely do that. And hopefully by then I'll be able to stand up and not kill anyone. <laughs> so... 
that's the that's the thing. I desired to surf. I want to add this skill, and I'm absolutely fine with going through that steep learning curve of being an absolute beginner, of knowing nothing, of getting smashed, of of all the pain and effort, the the early morning start, the cold water, all the things that, in fact, some of the things weren't even a big problem. I thought it would be freezing in the water, but you put on that steamer wetsuit and head out, paddle out. It's like wow, I'm actually warm. I'm not freezing or shivering. I thought I'd be super cold and it turned out it wasn't anywhere anywhere near as bad as i thought the other thing i found out to my surprise is that manly is a very short paddle out you paddle like paddle 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 and next thing you're right out the back and apparently this is a short shortish break was when you took me out in hawaii we're paddling forever i was exhausted by the time i, <laughs> I took you back. i took you out to a pretty deep break man yeah manly is perfect yeah. and, and you I took me that's... out to a reef i might add Thanks. I did. I did. But, uh, you know, it's cool to, to take note that, you know, what you think you're going to experience is not necessarily what you're going to experience. And back to the willpower wager, what you just pointed out is we want you to create a want list. We want you to add your whys to it. And we want you to commit to paying the price that it's going to take to create that thing in your life. And yeah, I would forward, love to know. Fast forward what, to what it means to you. What would that mean to your life compared to now? to have that thing you want, what will it fulfill? What would the new you be? For me, it means I can go to a holiday destination where there's a surf break, whether it's Hawaii, which I absolutely am certain I will do many times for the rest of my life, or to Phuket or wherever. And I know if there's a surf break and I can get access to a a higher board or whatever, that I'll be able to paddle out and catch a wave. That is something I want to be able to do and I'm going to commit to the process. So I'd say probably in another week or two when my ribs have healed, I'll be out in the surf again, ready for the next pounding. I love it. You know, you can get little cushion vests that uh, to wear that'll help keep your uh, ribs uh, a bit more protected first couple times out. I think um, I just need to arch up more like a dolphin instead of squatting, you know, pushing my uh, chest down too low. Yeah, we ought to get Manu on, uh, on your blog doing a... Um, Spine strengthening series. All right, so let's move on. You know he snapped <laughs> his spine, right? I do, yeah, I know. That's why. Yeah, I said he's, that, he's an amazing athlete. Okay, so uh, news and updates. Yep. Well, we are accepting voicemails through SpeakPipe. Uh, we'd we'd love you to actually give us a review on iTunes. If you go to, uh, we have a link on, uh, right in the the header of our site at thinkactget.com, I believe, uh, where you can click over to and actually give us a review inside of the iTunes inside of the iTunes interface. So if you leave comments, and we have so many people who leave comments, we really appreciate you leaving comments and engaging with us. We'd really love it if you could go in and give us a review inside of iTunes because that helps us get more exposure for Think Act Get, which we all think is, is a good thing. Yep. So in every single episode, we have a little uh, link. There's an icon there that links to iTunes. Love to get the show things. That's awesome. We also have FastWeb Formula 5 in Sydney, March 19th to the 21st. I'll be there three weeks ahead of time. I'll be in Hawaii the week before and Hawaii the week after. I think Shremi is coming with me to Hawaii on the tail end of the event to take her easy for a week or so. 19th to the 21st, FastWeb Formula 5. That's FWF5.com. I'll tell you what. There's no other event like this in our community. I learned a lot. I've just run an event. I'm running another event. A lot of things that I'm doing I learned at FastWeb Formula just about – 
how to really take care of people and go the extra mile above and beyond what you see at normal events. It's a really incredible experience and the content is uh, next level for your business. So I really recommend that you come down. I actually uh, invited someone down who I think just bought a ticket. So I, I want to meet you there. And Sydney's yeah. like the best city in the world. So let's face it, it's it a place you cool. want to be. That's just a slight technicality. You're coming on the 19th, 20th, and 21st because you're in Silver Circle. The, oh, okay. the main event is the 20th and the 21st. There you go. Uh, but if you wanted to join Silver Circle, now is a good time to join because it's the whole event is included as a Silver Circle customer. In any case, uh, we're going to be talking about traffic and conversions and leverage. So we've got me. I'm going to cover profit and leverage and all the things I've learned traveling around the world, speaking to different people and, and from coaching so many people each week. Ezra is going to be talking about get more from your store, what's new in the e-commerce stuff, and we know that you're a superstar with that. And we've got... I got some cool stuff, dude. Yeah. Brent's going to share with us his startup and conversion stuff. He, he started a new business. It's already done, I think, five figures in the first week or something. We're going to talk about what's involved in going from nothing to having something that's hot and like what sort of campaign he rolled out with. He's got minimal staff, minimal resources into this project but getting a great result uh dan dobos is a is a like a mind expert he's going to talk to us about fusion marketing he's been selling education programs using online and offline marketing so once you embrace those two together and i'm sure this will work for e-commerce as well you will get significant results taki moore is talking about automation he's just the master at templates and frameworks teddy garcia this guy is the guy that was the founder of all these evergreen business systems. He was doing them behind the scenes for people like Rich Sheffren, who then people like Mike Phil Same came along and created software programs from. He's the original guy. He's like the godfather of the industry for automation. And Dude, I want to hear. I want to hear that one. He's hardcore, man. He's coming over from the states for this. Greg Casar wow. does. Just massive amount of e-commerce conversion optimization. He's a beast, that guy. He is. Did I introduce you? You've, you did. Yeah. You did. And I was in his magazine. Yeah, he does, I talked to him a lot about different e-commerce stuff. Super high-end e-com stuff. But the lessons that they're doing on the big stores are applicable for us. You know, we're now doing yeah. card abandonment and follow-ups and segmented yeah. autoresponders, that sort of stuff. You're going to get some great conversion stuff. Plus, we're getting Silver Circle member case studies. So. Brent's in Silver Circle, you're in Silver Circle, so we've got a couple, but there's other ones out there maybe people haven't heard of who are doing huge stuff like six-figure launches using video documentaries. Uh, there was a joint project where I think about three or four Silver Circle members were involved in just one launch. They're going to get up and break it down as a case study. So this is real actionable stuff. The ticket prices are the cheapest this year. So you want to order your ticket, FW f5.com that's the number five.com head over to there grab a ticket before the end of this year because they're going to go up on the first of january and we're going to have a full house here at manly you're going to live like i live pretty much next door to me on the front of the beach you'll be able to walk out from the hotel and get into the surf it's right there it's amazing it's going to be an experience well beyond just the educational stuff but just the community of people you'll meet will be mind-blowing. So I expect a lot of overseas people to come because Manly is a global destination. It really is a place to experience food, beach lifestyle, swimming, 
riding, walking, surfing, paddleboarding, food. It's just amazing. I'm spending uh, a twelfth of my year there. So like it's a, it's a big deal for me to choose where I'm going to spend my time. I really, really liked it. Um, so it's going to be good. We definitely want to meet you at Fast Web Formula 5. I've got a new project that I just got the idea for tonight. And it's a software as a service business for uh, e-commerce business owners. And I am extremely excited about this because I've always wanted a software as a service business uh, that was geared towards e-commerce. And I've had a couple ideas about um, products and things I could do, but I've always really felt like uh, there was already something phenomenal in the market and that I wasn't really adding too much. I now have an idea for a product um, that's going to be a joint venture with another um, prominent e-commerce uh, educator, and it has to do with uh, testimonials and reviews and things like that. So look out for that in about three months. I'm announcing it here to give me the um, – uh, what's the word I'm looking for? To give me the – there's a word for this, accountability, to actually make it happen. Nice. Well, you're mentioning it on a podcast. It's only going to be listened to a few people. <laughs> a couple thousand. <laughs> you know that our number one episode, episode one of Think at Get, is fast approaching 10,000 listens. That's crazy, dude. It's crazy. It's rapidly uh, increasing. Like The more momentum we get. Well, you we should listen. Wait till we get down to some of these comments. So, um, Fast Web Formula members, they get Speed Dash for free. Is that free? It's free, yeah. If, you, if you're a member of oh, that's sweet, Fast dude. Web Formula, Speed Dash is free now. That's my software as a service. And I haven't put enough, well, okay, when I say enough, I mean none. I've put no effort into marketing it or promoting it because I have been busy with my core businesses and it's. It's, it's you know it was an appealing idea. I spent a lot of money on developing it. It works great. I've just decided to make it an extra value addition for fast food formula members, and at the same time, they can tell me what they'd like changed or what things they think would improve it. And I have a full time developer on my team now who's able to respond to uh, innovations and requests and bug fixes. So I'm developing it with the help of the community, and the, the payoff is that they're getting it for nothing. So there you go. Awesome. And then lastly, uh, there is a headline here about curiosity headline email massive response. What does that mean? Well, I sent out an email yesterday and instead of my usual uh, full disclosure email where I put the uh, the very specific, clear uh, description of exactly what's in the email, I just wanted to see what happens when I make it a a, a curiosity email where I didn't disclose what's going on in the email. The subject line was, he only wore a dress once, podcast about persuasion. And in there, I talked about what my guest does and I put a lot of curiosity things. Should you prune old content, getting hold of secret research, why money isn't the main offering. And I got so many replies from this. I get stuff back from people like uh, this is a hilarious subject line or I don't normally click these. I had to for this one though. I needed to know who it was. So my tip is try out a little bit of curiosity in your marketing uh, and see what happens. <laughs> but it was, it was quite funny. I got such a reaction off this compared to a normal email uh, and I might might not do this all the time. I just wanted to mix it up a bit and test it because I'm always curious about what would happen if I mix up my marketing. Love it. 
Let's move on. To, and I think it's just genius uh, for messaging and copywriting, but curiosity is, is huge. So let's move on to the comments. Man, we got so many comments. Um, this first one comes from Barry from Australia, and this is actually a five-star uh, review from iTunes. He says, it's a sad, sad day for a great podcast. I found this podcast a few weeks ago, and I've been ripping through the back catalog of episodes, listening to them all, even the chargiest ones. But alas, I finally caught up, and I can no longer listen to Tag every day. I'll have to wait for new episodes now like everyone else. I've been a Shramco, Shrammels, Shramk fan for a while. <laughs> Shrek, I think. Shrek, okay, sense. Shrek. And I'm now a big fan of Ezra as well. Great work, guys. Keep it coming. P.S. I found out about the Hawaii retreat a little bit too late. Will you be doing another one next year? Question mark. I think we will, uh, Barry. Thank you so much. I'm happy that you've uh, enjoyed Tag so much. We will be doing uh, another po- uh, Think I Get Lifestyle Business Retreat sometime uh, in the summer next year. Yeah. And you know, Ezra, this event that I just went to had 200 people at Dynamite. Jesus. That, that's driven off a podcast, Tropical MBA. Well, what was their prize point? I don't know. Uh, I'm sure it was hundreds. I'm, I'd be curious about that. It was a great event. Uh, but the, anyway, just if anyone was questioning the power of a podcast, proof, there's case in point. It was a monetized event. All right. So uh, the best mix of tactical and practical five-star rating from Tyler Drake. Ezra and James have quickly become virtual personal mentors to me in this incredible journey from willpower to marketing. How does that make you feel, Ezra? You're a virtual mentor. I love it, man. That's great. Yeah, it is good, isn't it? It's a power. It's a, the responsibility. Virtualmentors.com. I'm buying it right now. Uh, no, I'm not. I've done my d- dash with domains. The, the, they bring synergy and diverse life experience together for the benefit of us listeners. Since episodes one, Willpower, I've put all other podcasts on hold to focus on this mental goal they both give out so freely. Now, 32 episodes deep, I'm convinced anybody looking for perspective, wisdom, motivation, and entertainment, both life and business, need to look no further. This podcast is worth more than a five-star review in my book. Check it out. Thank you, Tyler. That is awesome. Dude, that is a, that's a pretty solid review right there. Um, thanks, Tyler. I'm happy with that. I appreciate yeah. that. I, I'm, I've got, I was uh, supposed to have a uh, conversation with Tyler. I had to cancel. I'm going to get back in touch with him. All right. Aaron, also known as Rima on the Culture episode, says, Hi, James. Aaron here. Just wanted to say how much I really like this podcast, in particular when you talk about your team and the culture you've built. I'd love to hear more about it. I love you guys. You guys rock. Well, I, I, I responded to that comment with a link to your most recent blog post. Oh, is this one from today, getting to know your team? Well, that I responded with that. I responded with a link to that uh, post that you recently put out, but this was a, a comment from a week or so ago. Oh, I just put, put out one uh, like yesterday, getting to know your yeah, team. Yeah, that's why I put a link to it in the response to this guy's Beautiful. comment. Yeah, that's, I'm, I've already had some great feedback from people uh, who have a team and they've gone like, oh my goodness, I never knew this and they're implementing i got a lot of reaction from this i've had several emails already uh because i've given away a big secret <laughs> basically i think people will get a lot of value from it so that's over at superfastbusiness.com and the post is called getting to know your team i'm spilling the beans on one of my top tips there all right so uh we have here bonnie on the sex episode i won't lie i got to episode 20 and couldn't wait any longer 
Once again, another stellar episode. Next time I'm in Oahu, I'm taking a course at Lafette Morehouse. There you go. <laughs> Thanks, Bonnie. I appreciate that. I'm glad you enjoyed that episode. And uh, there's a link to lafayettemorehouse.com under that episode. And they actually do courses all over the place in Philadelphia, in Hawaii, in California. So you could check them out. And I'm convincing them now to go digital, to have some virtual offerings, to to share their information in a way that uh, people can get access to, um, not just by being in a physical location with them. So you'll, you should see that coming up shortly. Well, I can highly endorse being in a physical location with them. These people are extraordinary humans and have shaped my life in a way that I didn't expect just being in their presence is eye-opening because they're just different to the rest of society and in a good way. They're very good people. That's the thing that that, uh, is nice. They're just so nice. I love it. Lenny on the marketing episode says, epic episode, guys. I love the points that you touched on on innovation, and I can't wait for a full episode on that. Businesses need to be dynamic and fluid and take to take off. My guess is that this came as common sense to James from his sailing years. No wind, no win. Thanks again. Y'all have a great weekend. <laughs> okay. Um, Sue Ellen on marketing. So what's the lemonade stand story? You left me hanging. Enjoyed listening to the banter around marketing. It was giggling to myself about Ezra's attention distractions. Squirrel. Oh, we did open a bit of a loop there. I think I closed that loop on the episode. So if you head over to thinkactget.com and you look up the marketing episode, you'll be able to find out the rest of the story that's episode 32 marketing all the episodes are listed in the sidebar there anyway so that was from october the 17th go and check out the comments where i've closed off that story oh the comments good okay uh because i was like dude i don't think we covered it in the podcast bonnie on the uh, attitude episode says well hi there i've just landed from a flight from honolulu to sydney and prior to boarding i threw it out oh you know what we've been through um these last three comments already yeah, on the last episode. Hey, well, well, okay, just to improvise, I was getting on the plane at Bangkok and this lady was um, looking at me a bit funny and I'm thinking, well, did I just cut the queue or something? Like she's just staring at me and I thought she's going to have a go at me or something. And then she comes up and she's sort of looking at my bag and then she steps back and she goes, are you James Shramko? <laughs> I'm like, yes. She goes, you're famous. <laughs> like, what do you say to that? Uh, she goes, oh, I listen to your podcasts. I'm like, which one? She goes, all of them. But think at get. She she drives from Wollongong to Sydney. She's um, listening to the podcasts on these long drives, and she just she she couldn't believe that she's standing in a line next to me at the airport. She goes, what are you doing in Bangkok? And I asked her the same. She said, I didn't expect you to be dressed like that. I, I don't don't know what she meant by that. I had jeans. Nice loafers and a T-shirt. I don't know if that's good or bad. But in any case, it was quite funny to bump into a listener at an airport in another country. Like to, to These people know us so well and we don't know everyone else. So if you do see us out in public, if you do see Ezra or myself. Now with Ezra, I know there's a lot of other Jesus lookalikes. You might get confused, but you'll hear his voice. You'll know who he, who he is. If you do see us out in public, be sure to say hi. It's fine. It happens a fair bit these days, which is fascinating and interesting. But we love to find out how you're listening to the podcast, what bits you like about it, and and to meet real people out there. Absolutely. Uh, 
have no qualms about coming up to me. I, I want to know. I, I'd love to know you. So that's cool. I, I like that. Like people, I have had that experience where people kind of like put me up on a bit of a pedestal for this type of, of work. And, and uh, uh, it's a very strange thing because I don't feel above anyone else. I don't feel like I'm any cooler or better. I mean, I think I'm cool for sure. But like it's just a, a very interesting experience to have people sort of I don't know if in awe of is the right word, but like r- giving you reverence, you know, it's, it's, it's in, I've never had that before. And it's a, it's a trip, man. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's just, it's just unusual, but it's, uh, it's, it's when you go to a live event, like which I've gone to the number of people who come up and say, I listen to your podcast. It's just, it's, it is the number one source of how people find out about us for sure. Yeah. If you are a marketer, uh, integrate podcasting. No question. So we are on our think about it section of the of the show, and this is where we do quotes. And this is often where James does not like his quote and replaces it with another one. <laughs> this is where I be. This is where uh, I allocate uh, get allocated a quote. And uh, let's see how you th- what do you think of this one here? Well, okay. So my quote is: Is it not strange that desire should so many years outlive performance? That's cool. It's like you'll always have more desire than what you can actually deliver, right? William Shakespeare. Yeah, yeah. It's by William Shakespeare. And it's kind of like, is it not strange that the desire for something uh, uh, outlives what actually comes of that? Because a lot more desiring happens than than fulfilling, Exactly. Right? So I'm happy with that quote. Thank you. And I appreciate you for... Dude, this is the first one you've accepted. I think maybe because it's Shakespeare. I mean, how are you going to shut down Shakespeare? So, yeah. <laughs> if I think if you had my quote, you might have shut it down. <laughs> I wasn't well, I, would be... go, I would, you know, I would go with. Um, I'd probably pick something like Ayn Rand. You know, a creative man is motivated by the desire to achieve, mm. not by the desire to beat others. Yes. And you remember when uh, it was Greg, Greg or someone was trying to play us off into a competition, like. You know, or Ezra's going to beat you or whatever. I'm like, I don't give a shit. Uh, that doesn't motivate me. I want Ezra to be amazing and to create great stuff. I just want to create the best that I can do. So I'm not like normal sheep that can be cajoled or, you know, like that the schoolboy peer pressure thing. Oh, you know, do this or else you're a pussy or whatever. I don't care. If I don't want to do it, I won't do it. If I want to do it, I want to do it the best that I can do it. So I I resonate with her quote. I like that, and and I, I should. I, I it was between that honestly between that one and Shakespeare. I went with Shakespeare, but I like that I had you pegged on this episode because I was going to give but, you that. But you know what? Having just been to the reclining Buddha, I could easily have picked a Dalai Lama one. Like when you are discontent, you always want more, more, yes. more. Your desire can never be satisfied. But when you practice contentment. You can say to yourself, oh, yes, I already have everything that I already need or that I really need, Dalai Lama. That, that to me… So, we've laid down the Dalai Lama. That resonates. That's exactly what we're saying in this episode, that maybe you can appreciate and be content with what you have a little bit more and not subscribe to the rest of society's demands that you have all of this and all of that. That's right. And we've just laid down William Shakespeare, the Dalai Lama, Anne Rand, and I'm about to hit you with Bill Cosby. Jello, <laughs> is that how he says it? Jello or something? I don't know how he does it. Uh, oh, it's J E L L O. Um, anyways, Bill Cosby somehow made it into this mix, <laughs> and he says, "In order to succeed, your desire for success should be greater than your fear of failure." And I will tell you what—that is a true statement by Bill Cosby. That dude 
let kick down some knowledge with this one because one of the um, things that stops people from going for what they want is the fear of failing at uh, achieving that thing and then having to deal with not having gotten what they went for or having it not look like the way they thought it should look. And uh, it is really the biggest stumbling block towards people starting things is they're afraid. They have some level of fear in relationship to what the outcome might be. And like you will be so much better off in your life if you just go for what you want and let go of the outcome and let go of the fear of what might happen because who knows what will happen. Crazy stuff might happen. You might end up with a podcast with James Ramco and, and you know, like it just, it's really, uh, there, there's a lot, um, there's a lot of things that can happen for you if you, if you have the courage to just to, to, to go for what you want. Perfect. Okay. Tag tips. I got one and then James has one. So this tip here is, I'd like you to notice when you have desire for things that you consider to be wrong or bad and then ask yourself why until you get to the point of it being a desire that you find right. So I want to watch television and not do anything and just kind of veg out and do nothing on Saturday. And I feel bad about that, right? So this is a a, a hypothetical situation. So you might want to watch television all day and feel really bad about that. So, okay. Why do you want to sit down and watch television that day? Is it because you really enjoy television and that's the most fun thing you can think to do on your Saturday? Well, if that was what was behind it, then you probably wouldn't feel bad about it. So no, it's probably not that. Is it because you feel tired and exhausted from your week? Okay, why do you feel tired and exhausted? Maybe your desire isn't actually to watch TV all day. Maybe your desire is to be rested. Okay, so how do you want rest? Do you want to do something to take care of yourself? Maybe there's something that you want to do to take care of yourself that you don't feel right about having, like a massage or just one-on-one time with your significant other without the kids. Basically, I want you to consider all your possibilities. I want you to let yourself want you desiring to spend an afternoon doing not doing the most restful thing possible. Like you, you can let yourself want that rather than just vegging out and watching TV for three hours. Now, if you do want it, it'll probably turn out that if you do that, it will probably turn out that the thing that you want is actually of higher quality than the thing that you were going to settle for. So you'll feel more rested if you go for the thing that you really want, which is an afternoon with your loved one or, or a massage or whatever, and, and, uh, the, or, or an afternoon of quality self-care time than if you'd settled for, okay, I'm just going to watch TV all day. Does that make sense? It does. And I'm going to flip this around and, and put it in the true spirit of this podcast, and that is to think about helping someone else meet their desire. Find out what someone around you or close to you desires and see if you can help them achieve that because I think that would be a nice thing to do. Absolutely, man. It's the, it's the opposite. It's the flip side of this. And it's a beautiful, beautiful process. And it can, and it can be uh, significantly more fulfilling than just getting whatever it was you want if you can, can meet someone else's desire and ask them why they want that and put attention on them. Well, I just went – when I was at the markets, I bought T-shirts for each of my kids and I put a lot of thought into the right T-shirt for each kid you know, the, the design, the style. I wanted to do something just for them and it was really fulfilling to be able to do that. I felt felt um, connected to something beyond just me and I was thinking about how they'll feel about it and if they'd wear it and if they'll like it and, um, you know, I, I matched them to their own personalities and stuff. So there you go. We've talked about desire. This is Think at Get you've been listening to where we – believe that your mindset determines the behavior 
which gets you the results you're getting. And we really like to cover life and business, not just uh, hardcore business, not just woo-woo lifestyle stuff, but a blend. And it's all about you, our listener. We want to say thank you very much. Thank you for taking the time to explore these concepts with us and apply them in your business and your life. And these are the things that are getting us what we desire. These are the things that we're using and the concepts that we're working with to achieve the goals that we have in life. And we really, really enjoy sharing them with you. So thank you so much for participating in this amazing community that has developed over the last year. There you go. So that's desire. What is it? How are you using it? And how is it affecting your business and your life? That's what we've been looking at in this episode of Think Act Get. This has been another episode of Think Act Get with James Schramko and Ezra Firestone. For more tips and tutorials on how to grow your business faster, visit thinkactget.com and join the newsletter. It's free.